you guys all for being here. I can't tell you how much we appreciate having everybody here. I really am at a loss for words. It's really difficult to describe this situation, what it does to you emotionally, physically, mentally. But having all you guys here supporting baby Cyrus, supporting my daughter, Marissa, come here. And my son, Levi, I can't thank you guys enough them being completely covered in prayers. Whether you believe it or not, we can feel that. It's real, and that support is more than anything we could ever ask. For those that are not 100% certain what is going on, last night, my grandson, baby Cyrus, was physically taken by force by a score of, of law enforcement officers because they claimed that baby Cyrus was underweight. And apparently now, in America, a free country, you can steal, kidnap babies from their parents for the most light and transient causes. Baby has a fever, take them away. Your baby has special needs, take them away. You don't want to vaccinate your child, we're going to take them away. You believe in God or you have some sort of faith that they don't like, take the baby away. This is the country that we're now living in. This is not the country that our founding fathers sacrificed their life, their fortunes, and their sacred honor for. You guys understand that, and that is why you're here. You don't have to stand here, sweetheart. If you and I don't do something about this, this goes on forever. When there are no consequences, the lawbreakers continue to break the law. The lawbreakers are St. Luke's. The lawbreakers are many of the law enforcement officials who arrested my daughters last night. They lied to her, repeatedly told her she could stay with her baby and she would not be separated from her baby. Now look where she is and where he is. They told people last night and all through today, they, they didn't have Cyrus Anderson. There was no Cyrus Anderson in the St. Luke system, and yet he is here. We know for a fact, and we know that he is under their watch and under state custody. All right, wow, powerhouse speech. That's just a few minutes from uh, Diego Rodriguez, my guest. Uh, what an incredible, a, a horror story, but to see the amount of strength that this man has to get out there, tell the story uh, is just commendable. So Diego, it's an honor to have you here, brother. Thanks for joining me to tell your story. Thanks for having us, brother. I can't tell you how much it means to us because in the end, uh, as you know, this is now two months we've been in this and uh, baby Cyrus is back. Miracles oh, have happened. Nobody gets their children back like this. Like we have been so fortunate to get my grandson back. And the only reason it happened, the only reason it happened is because of the public outcry. Um, I know you're in Canada and we're here in the U.S., but both of our countries are not the free countries they used to be. And we are sure. losing all of our freedoms. And there just simply is not justice in the court systems anymore. 
Uh, justice only comes when there's enough public outcry to bring justice. And so people like yourself having me on, allowing us to publish this far and wide, this is literally what made the difference along with everybody's prayers and God's grace. Well, that's incredible. And it's an honor to have you and to do this work. And this is actually part three of a series I've been doing covering these horror stories such as yours. I, I can't even imagine the feelings, the emotions, the spiritual, mental, physical turmoil and the family that this caused, um, the abuse of, as you said, the government, the, uh, and also now we're seeing that this medical system, this medical mafia is an extension of the government, if not one of the main points of it itself. When you see what the World Health Organization is trying to pass, where they want to have the ability to come into your country, have full jurisdiction, bypass your constitution, bypass your civil and medical freedom. And we're seeing it happen in Canada. We're seeing it happen in your country, in the US. And people are telling me from Australia and Europe and other countries that it's the same, where the medical system, if they deem your child sick, ill, or the parents are not, you know, in their definition, not doing what they think they should be doing, they can just literally take your child away. And um, they're, as you said, with the problem with the legal system, we're having that same problem here as well, where there's no oversight, there's no checks and balances anymore to ensure the rights of the parent over the child. So um, maybe what we should do, Diego, just to kick things off, because I know I've got a lot of new people coming into this, they may not have heard your story, although it's good to see your story went to national news, but maybe just a little recap of how this went down and then lead us up to where we are today. Sure. Uh, now, Dave, what I'm going to do is before I tell the story and give us just like you know, the Reader's Digest version of a real quick overview, uh, let me give your, your viewers here a warning um, that they're not going to understand. I'm going to tell you this story, and I've now obviously told the story many times. And if you were raised in Canada, if you were raised in the United States, if you were raised in Australia, if you were raised in any of these Western civilizations that we tend to um, associate with democracy. The United States is not a democracy. Uh, everybody calls it that. It's not that. Article 4, Section 4 of the U.S. Constitution guarantees us a Republican form of government. We have a constitutional republic. I don't know what Canada is supposed to have and these others are supposed to have, but the United States is supposed to be a constitutional republic. But all these countries I mentioned that are claimed democracies by uh, basically most people we assume that these countries are free countries where the government doesn't tyrannize its people. We assume that tyranny happens in third world countries, in Venezuela, in Cuba, in the Congo, or, or you know, these, or, you know, uh, in the Arabian countries and these Muslim countries. That's where tyranny happens, and it doesn't happen in these Western democracies. And when I tell the story, the average person thinks there's got to be more to it. There has Diego's not telling us something. There's something there that, that just doesn't make any sense. And it never dawned on anybody that guess what? Our governments are just flat corrupt and they're tyrannizing its citizens for power and for money for no right. other reason than just that. I can guarantee you everything I'm about to share with you. Not only is it the entire story, but we have hid nothing from people. We have an entire website dedicated to the whole story. The facts are there. Medical records are posted there. The history is there. All of the details are there. The videos are there. The vast majority of what we're about to talk about right here, the, in terms of what actually took place, is all filmed. We now have body cam footage from the police officers who kidnapped baby Cyrus. Excuse me. And so that's all there. 
So there is no more to the story than what I'm going to tell you. But the natural reaction we have is, as Westerners is, but that can't be. That, but I'm here to right. tell you it is. And what we have uncovered that I myself was unaware of, I'm not trying to act like I've known this my whole life and I've been fighting this battle for decades. Not at all. I was as ignorant as the next guy. I absolutely had no real idea what went on. I knew CPS overreached. And I don't know what you guys call CPS in Canada, but here CPS is Child Protective Services. Some states call it something different. But, uh, you know, it's just it is the branch or arm of the government that takes babies away from parents. Supposedly to protect them from abusive families or from drug addictive families and things like that. So we all assume when CPS gets involved, then the parents were bad parents. They were abusing the child. They were subjecting them to drugs or it was a dangerous environment or something of that sort. But you right. can see the pictures on our website. You can see videos of my family. I, My daughter and my son-in-law and my grandson, the three of them make up the most all-American, beautiful couple you've ever seen. They don't do drugs. They're not alcoholics. They don't use cuss words. My son-in-law was one of 11 children in a Christian homeschool family. My daughter's one of five children in a Christian homeschool family. She's a pastor's daughter. I raised her sitting on the pew. These are Christian conservative constitutionalists who are as clean as a whistle, and their entire life was dedicated to baby Cyrus. And that's the part people just don't want to deal with, because if, if this can happen to them, and it did, then the realization people have is, then it can happen to me. And people would rather, you know, see no evil, hear no evil, and speak no evil and just just act like it's not real and it's not happening until it happens to them. So here's what I've uncovered in these two months that in the United States specifically, and I'm certain it extends to some extent in these other Western democracies through the WHO and things of that nature. However, in the U.S., it's the worst anywhere in the world from what we've uncovered, and that is this. The United States federal government subsidizes a national child trafficking ring. And what we are what we dealt with here is true government subsidized child trafficking. I know that sounds inflammatory. I know it sounds conspiratorial, but it's empirical. This is I have empirical evidence for everything that I will tell you. And we can go through it over the course of the interview. Uh, sure. But you, you guys need to understand that foundation that these entities, in my case, I was in Idaho, which is one of the 50 states. You guys have what 13 provinces, right? Um and Idaho is one of the smallest population states in the entire country. We probably have fewer people here than you have in, in your large cities there. And where are you at, brother? I'm in British Columbia. Oh, you're in BC. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah I used to work over there uh, in Langley. But anyhow, um, what part of BC? I'm actually on the island. Oh. Vancouver Island. Oh, yeah, cool. The secret gem, the place that in Canada nobody's aware of and nobody talks about. <laughs> well, you know, the city of Vancouver uh as you know is huge it's a giant metropolis and there's more people that live in that city than the entire state of idaho just so you guys can get a, a concept of how small this state is population wise and in my state of idaho which i don't live there anymore we just moved last week four children a day are kidnapped every single day there's only 1.8 million people who live in the whole state four children are kidnapped every day and for every child that's kidnapped the state of Idaho's Department of Health and Welfare gets paid by the United States federal government. All 50 states get paid for stealing slash kidnapping children. And this is how and why I say this is a child wow. trafficking ring, because by definition, child trafficking is kidnapping for profit, taking a child forcefully, giving it to somebody else, 
for money. That's child trafficking. And every state in America is doing this. And I didn't know they were doing it. And most people didn't know they were doing it. And once you realize they're doing it, you realize the, the government, my state government is financially incentivized to kidnap children to the tune of $80 billion a year, brother. $80 what? billion. Dollars. Wow. And just to put a, uh, just again, put some context to all this, because I'll get to the story, but you have to understand this background or the story you're going to tell you about baby Cyrus. You guys won't even believe it. You said, but it can't be, it can't be, but it is. Well, I used to pastor a church in central California in the inner city and kids got murdered there every day. You want to know what they got murdered for? Gang violence to steal a pair of Air Jordans. I mean, people would conspire and murder in order to steal a pair of $100 Air Jordans. Okay. So this lets you recognize the depravity of man and our, our true nature, right? Our true animalistic fallen nature. People are willing to kill for almost nothing. So if a couple of kids will, will are willing to conspire and murder for a $100 pair of shoes, what do you think they would do for $80 billion? What do you think Pfizer's into? What do you think Big Pharma's into? What do you think all of these organizations, the WHO, these guys who have infinite power and infinite money, what do you think they're willing to do? Okay, well... In our country, there was a senator, Senator Nancy Schaefer, who 12 years ago, uh, one of her constituents came to her with a similar issue to what happened to baby Cyrus, and she recognized and realized the wickedness of CPS. And she began to do investigative reporting, essentially. As a senator, she used her power, she used her place of influence to start uncovering and digging in and doing an expose on CPS. She ultimately wrote a report called the corrupt business of child protective services. And she went around the United States giving uh, speeches, exposing the wickedness of CPS and was working on a documentary with the film crew to expose the entire thing. I know you're working on a cool documentary so you know the value of these things. And right before her documentary was about to expose the money trail, who's getting the money, where it's coming from, how the system works, the whole works, her and her husband were, were found shot dead in their home. And that was the last time anybody ever did real serious research into child protective services. These two were murdered. And that's how serious this is. That's some and mafia stuff. Like that's the way the mafia runs. It's straight up the mafia. It is 100% a, a mafia style cartel. And it involves the highest levels of our government. And it's straight up child trafficking. That's just what it is. And once you understand that, then the story I'm about to tell makes total sense. But if you're still under this false belief that, well, CPS only takes kids when the parents are beating them and, and they're drug addicts and they're saving those babies from horrible situations. If that's your vision, opinion, paradigm, none of the story I'm about to tell makes sense. But if you understand that all 50 states get paid for every child they kidnap, where the child is well and healthy or where they're sick and in being abused, doesn't matter. They are getting paid for all of them. But the, the statistics show that nowadays they take far more children who are totally healthy, no problem, no issue with a child whatsoever, because those who aren't, don't have drug addict baby, you know, parents, they're not crack babies. They make more money on the marketplace because these babies are eventually sold off into sex trafficking through the foster care system or straight adoption through the uh, child protective services in the foster care system. And they get bonuses and incentives, additional money from both the federal government and the foster families who are buying these children, or the adoptive families, rather, who are literally purchasing these babies on an open market. 
Wow. Wow. Diego. So let's just, this is incredible. I'm so glad you're bringing this up. This is exactly what I wanted to learn more about. And I think when people I've covered, you know, human trafficking and child sex trafficking before on the show, I've had, um, a few survivors come on and tell their stories, Ooh. but what, and that's a heavy show to watch, trust me. But, uh, these are very beautiful people because they've been through this hell as you've been through this hell and, and everybody, if you can survive it and come out and shine the light, then, you know, you're still doing that good work. But, um, what I was going to say is that a lot of people have a vision in their mind that the child trafficking and the human trafficking is done by lower level gang cartels. Like in Canada, they think of like, oh, it's just hell's angels or biker gangs or things like that. Um, and they don't, for some reason, they don't equate government action and government incentive or even the medical system as being involved in this because we look at, well, the government is just made up of us, isn't it? Or not people that listen to the show, but you know, the normies out there or the people that maybe view the medical system as just, well, they've made some mistakes and there's been some malpractice, but by and large, that's where you go when your child is sick or you're sick or you're in need, you go to the hospitals. But what I've been uncovering and so many others as well have been uncovering is that there is a racket behind our medical system. And when you find out that the connections between the medical system and our governments through these incentives that you're talking about also go into the criminal underworld, right? And they also go up into the elite levels of things. And I think people have trouble understanding that there's a bridge between what you might call the white market and the black market, right? The, the pharmaceutical industry, the government, the official policies, and then the criminal underworld. And what you're saying is you're saying, yeah, there's a bridge, there's a connection, and the government, is, and especially in your case, is involved with that element. And it was shocking because you might think at first, well, this is just due to the financial incentives. But what you're saying is this goes deeper. After these children get taken from their parents, they're put into this foster system and through that foster system, then they get brought into the sort of criminal underworld level of that human trafficking. Does that sound about accurate? That's a hundred percent accurate. So we found out is, and here's the crazy thing, David, the crazy thing is the government admits to all of this, anything the government admits to in its own statistics, you automatically should assume that it's way worse, right? The government admits right. to losing a million dollars. They really lost a hundred million dollars. Right. If the government uh, admits to something being 10 percent bad, it's 50 percent bad. Whatever it is they admit to, you know that they are skewing the statistics in their favor. In the case of CPS nationwide, they admit in their own statistics that 83 percent of all child abductions by CPS, which is pure kidnapping, are ultimately found to be unsubstantiated allegations, meaning it was 100 percent totally and completely false. There was no issue whatsoever. They should have never taken that child. 83% of the time is their current statistics. They're admitting that. Now, the other 17%, wow. they're not saying that in those cases, um, CPS should have still been involved. They're just saying that in those cases, there was something that was worth investigating, right? There was an actual bruise that we had to investigate, and it turned out the child did just fall down in, and hurt himself or something of that nature. So 17% of the time, there's something worth investigating, but even then, we don't know what percentage there's actual abuse. It's incredibly small, but 83% of the time, totally unsubstantiated allegations. An anonymous phone call says David is abusing his kid, and they come and they take the kid, and it was totally unsubstantiated. They're admitting that. Now, that's the first thing they admit. The second step they admit is this. They admit that in America, 
the number one source of child sex trafficking is the foster care system. They know that children who end up in foster care eventually get lost in sex trafficking in this criminal underworld that you're talking about. Because, first of all, there's no oversight of this system. Number two, anytime government money is involved in anything, and you don't want to hear my opinion about the Canadian you know, uh, social system and the Canadian uh, you know, uh, medical system that we're now. I'll agree with you. Oh, just so you know, I'll tell you right now, I don't even know it, but I'll probably agree with you, man. So, cause it's just, it's the worst. You guys have just, I, you know, I can't even believe what you guys did to yourselves up there, but anyhow. Yeah, it's pretty uh, bad. Uh, we're following suit pretty soon. All of us in America, in the United States and Canada are going to be fleeing to Mexico for freedom. Cause it's the only place left in North America. Um, and so, I mean, it sounds humorous, but guess what? They're already doing that right now. It's already happening. You got to know how many people tell me they're leaving after the trucker convoy thing happened and everybody was like, oh my God, we're totally in trouble. They're all fleeing to Mexico right now. They all are. They're all going to Mexico because it's cheaper. There's freedom down there. Uh, they love, you know, Mexicans welcome Canadians and Americans with open arms. When Mexicans come to the United States, we shun them, but we go down there, they welcome us. You know, they love us. Hey, gringos, bring your money. This is great. Let's have a party, right? They love it. And they have true freedom down there. They didn't have any of this crap that we had going on. In Mexico, if there's a kid being abused, the Mexican police will come in there, take the kid, give it to the grandma, and then walk away. I mean, it's just that simple. They don't have all this crap that we mm. have. The Mexican federal government doesn't subsidize each of the you know 33 Mexican states, or 32 rather. So, I mean, this is where we are at. They know that children are being sent out to this sex trafficking trade through foster care, and they don't care. And guess what else we found out? In the United States... You can be a registered sex offender and still qualify to be a foster care parent. What? Yep. No way. All you have to do is have not been caught doing any, you know, illegal, you know, sex act with a child in the last five years. As long as you haven't been caught in the last five years, you can be a foster care parent now. And the stories you will hear, if you've had anybody in your show who's been in the foster care system, it's the greatest shame. I was a pastor of an inner city church for 10 years. I can tell you what they'll all tell you. It's the, the number. As soon as these kids get to be five, six, seven years old, pretty much all of them get molested and abused in foster care. Are there exceptions to that? Of course. Are you going to find someone who calls up and go, that, that guy, Diego, he's messed up. I'm Christian. Me and my wife, we have foster care children and we see it's a ministry. And we're trying. Great. I'm glad. I'm thankful that some people in there are involved, but those people are the exception and not the rule. The rule is that everybody's being molested and abused in the system. And in the United States, there's multiple payments you get for, for this whole program. So when they kidnapped baby Cyrus, the Idaho Department of Health and Welfare got paid upon baby Cyrus being forcefully taken. And many police departments get direct payments from what we've been told. We are, we are working on, on proving that. And now that we've been sued by the hospital, that's going to uh, open up discovery that we should be able to find all that information out. But anyhow, it's a second story. But the first payment is upon taking the child. The Idaho Department of Health and Welfare gets paid. Then as soon as they transfer that child from their custody into the hands of the foster care family, they get paid a second time. Two payments, boom, boom, within minutes can happen. You take the child, put the child in foster care, parent, uh, care two payments. Then every single month, those foster care parents get paid and what people don't realize is the amount of money the foster care parents get paid is a small percentage of how much the state gets paid. We don't have the exact numbers, only anecdotal uh, evidence here and there.
but I'll give you an example. If you're a foster care parent in Idaho and you make $600 a month per kid that's in your custody from foster care, the state of Idaho will make $5,000 a month for administrative fees and the parent who's caring for them makes $600. That's a ratio of how it works. So they want to keep that child as long as they could keep them because they're racking up the money. Meanwhile, they're racking up the money. Everybody gets their hand in the cookie jar because now the parents are going to be sent off to go through training courses, parenting courses, drug classes, uh, every special program imaginable they have to go through to get the kids back. And they have to pay for all this stuff. And the child is going to be going out to doctors and they're going to be specialists and they're going to have people who are looking at their private parts and people who are the uh, hospitals are going to be in there doing all types of tests and, and, and running programs on it. And all that is now paid for by the government. So now the hospitals are making money off a child. They shouldn't be making money off of all these additional government programs are getting financed by parents who are going broke because they're not working and they're spending all their money and running up their credit cards and being emotionally stressed out. And once you tally this all up after 15 months, the U S Federal law created by Bill and Hillary Clinton in 1997 called the Adoptive Safe Families Act, or ASFA, ASFA, which is what caused and created all this. After 15 months, that act requires that if the child has not been with the parents for 15 consecutive months, then parental rights are automatically terminated. The parents lose the child forever. Their job then is to keep that baby away for 15 months. Once the baby's kept away for 15 months, parental rights are terminated. They keep that baby then for a little bit longer. And now their next goal is to adopt the baby out. And they get a bonus payment from the federal government when the baby is adopted out. If it's a special needs baby, then they get an additional higher payment. And guess where most of those babies are adopted out to seven times more than otherwise to homosexual couples. (laughs) Excuse me, to homos. So in other words, they're taking baby Cyrus, kids like baby Cyrus, who's raised in a Christian loving family, you know, fourth generation who's a godly young christian family ripping them by force away from them and then selling them off to a couple of homos to raise a child that is what this is all about wow wow that is i didn't and i also didn't know about the 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 clinton connection there that's not me telling wild stories that's what they tell us right yeah, that's it. You, this is you're saying this is what they you've gone through and and looked into it, and this is what they are admitting. And I wasn't aware of the the Clinton Act uh, of that that that's where it all started. That's what I'm saying um, all empirical fact. None of this stuff is me just making crap up. I, I yep. wish it was. This is all empirical fact. In 1997, they created this act. In the in the U.S., we had an act in 1970 something that created what we call CPS. Again, in all 50 states, it has a different name, but basically, it was the it was the it was the organization, the part of the government that was given power to take children away in the case of abuse. And like most things, it was started with good intentions. I don't think there's anybody here in this show who says, yeah, if there's some dude wailing on his kid and abusing him, leave him alone, man. Parents have rights. They get to they get to abuse their children. Nobody no leaves that. I think we all agree that if there's actual, genuine, legitimate abuse, not just a parent spanking their kid or not just some parent whacking their kid upside the head, but genuine abuse like torture which does happen. It's incredibly rare, but it does happen, right? So if and when that happens, then yeah, I think we all agree that the government should be able to to step in and save that baby, but you don't need new laws for that. There's already laws about assault and battery. It doesn't matter if you're a child or no. If I assault you or you assault me, either one of us can be held liable. And that's those 
it's already illegal for us to do that. If you do it to right. a child, if you do it to an adult, if you do it to a to a homeless person, to a rich person, a poor person, a black person, a white person, a brown person, it doesn't matter. You can't assault people. So I think that the original law was well-intentioned, but again, like everything else, it's totally unnecessary. Government just always wants to give itself more power. Well, Bill and Hillary Clinton, who are world famous for being at least what everybody believes to be child traffickers, in 1997 come up with this law called ASFA. Google it, look it up on your own, and you will see everything I just told you is 100% true. The law is on the books. It's been on the books since 1997. Here's the part that's going to blow people's minds that blew my mind. This $80 billion a year, which is what we've been told, it's well, six, some say 60, some say up to $80 billion a year that they're paying out to the states. And by the way, that figure is so much money that many states cannot even balance their books without that money, meaning the state government has to kidnap children in order to pay their bills. Many states, we've been told, have actual quotas. Like cops have quotas, go out there and, and write enough tickets so we can pay our bills. The states have a quota. Well, we got to make sure we kidnap this many kids so we get enough money so we can pay our bills. That's how sick this is. But here's the crazy part, brother. I don't know what it's called in Canada, but we have a social security system here, which is supposed to be for senior citizens. When they retire, the government pays them. It's a whole scam, whatever. But the bottom line is uh, once you turn 65, 67, or you know, they have different ages, you can retire now. The government gives people a pension or a retirement, which is called Social Security. In order to pay for this $80 billion a year, the act, the ASFA Act, did not create a new tax to fund this. They simply take the money from Social Security, from the Social Security Fund, and they're giving that money to all these states. So all of our Senior citizens are now being told they've raised the age. Like it used to be 65 years, they would retire. Now they're 66 and 67. And now I think you can do it as late as 69 and 70. They're, they're pushing it back so that you get a higher fee because they want to pay out less. And they're warning everybody that, you know, in the next 5, 10, 50, everybody has a different uh, figure. But in the next couple of years, that you guys are just not going to get your Social Security. And they're just saying that the money just doesn't exist. Of course, they spend it for whatever they want. But one of the biggest sources here is they're on an annual basis. They are taking that money that they claimed was for senior citizens and they're using it to kidnap children. This is mind blowing. Like I, it's like, you know, it's bad, but when you hear the specifics, you, you realize just how bad it is. Um, I'm trying to remember what her name was. There was somebody I was listening to recently that was a part of the grand jury for Reiner Fulmich in Germany. And she was bringing up, testimony of just how bad it is in America when it comes to all these programs the government's been paying in and, and something to do with social security and all of that, the pensions and how they've been siphoning money out of there for decades and decades. And it got to a point where they literally cannot pay that back and they can't allow Americans to understand that they've been robbed for decades um, and that people have been paying into. And so that was her assessment as to one of the reasons why they had to go forward with this whole pandemic operation and, and push that was because they're basically like, yeah, the government's broke. We're in debt. The dollar's failing and we can't pay back what we literally stole from you through all these different programs. So what you're saying, as horrifying as it is, it doesn't really surprise me. Well, you mentioned the pandemic and that is a 100% perfect uh, equivalent to what's going on with CPS. Because in the pandemic, and I don't know how it happened in Canada, it happened very similarly in, in most Western countries. 
I can only speak to how it happened in the U.S. But here, um, as soon as the pandemic happened, of course, the government races to the rescue and they just print money. So we have the ability to do something that most countries can't, not even Canada or Germany or some of these other Western nations, is that we have the reserve currency of the world, right? The U.S. dollar is the reserve currency of the world that allows us to pretty much print money unabashedly and make the entire world pay for the effects. Um, now, if you guys print money unabashedly, then just you guys suffer. But if we print money unabashedly, the whole freaking world suffers as a result of it. And so you would think that we'd be responsible since, uh, you know, the world gave us that power and authority decades ago. But no, we just act, act like, you know, drunken sailors on the weekends, spending everything we got and then some and spending what we don't have. And so we went out and printed first. I don't remember what it was. One point two trillion dollars U.S. dollars. And then we did it again, 2.3 trillion U.S. dollars. It's this insane amounts of money. And this money, the first one was called the CARES Act. And basically, we just all call it COVID money. And they were giving all this COVID money to the states. And when they give the money to the states, the states then had to basically obey the federal government's rule in order to get this money. So they had to create emergency lockdown orders. They had to have certain mandates. They had to have uh an a state of emergency in the state so if the state wanted the money you have to do what the federal government says and then they get the money so then this goes down to the hospitals and all these individual hospitals did the same thing they were told you follow all these protocols that we have and these rules we have you're going to get all this money and so instantly they said if you have a patient who has covid we're going to pay you thirteen thousand us dollars and if you put that patient on a ventilator because that's what they need, we're going to pay you $39,000. So guess what happens? If you're a hospital and somebody comes in with a runny nose, well, you got COVID. And by golly, it's dangerous. We better put you on a ventilator. So now all of a sudden, literally, everybody had COVID when nobody did initially. And everybody has to go on a ventilator when nobody needed to go on one. And now everybody's dying and it's getting blamed on COVID when it's actually these hospitals were financially incentivized to kill people. So that's what they do. They kill people. Well, same thing with the states here. They're financially incentivized to kidnap people. As soon as you tell somebody, hey, look, if I told you right now over there in BC, if you go out there and you, uh, uh, if you cut one blade of grass, you got to pay me $10 for every blade of grass you cut. Well, you ain't never going to cut any blade of grass unless you have right. one that maybe has some disease. And if you don't cut it, it's going to destroy the rest of your lawn or some strange reason that, you know, God only knows what it is. And then you go, all right, well, it's worth it. So I'll cut it. Diego, here's your 10 bucks, but I had to do it. In other words, you wouldn't do it unless it was absolutely necessary because it costs you something. But if I said, hey, Dave, for every single blade of grass that you cut, I'm going to give you $10. Well, brother, you'd be out there with a lawnmower all day long doing nothing else but cutting the grass, right? It's that I'd do the whole neighborhood. The whole neighborhood and other people's neighborhoods and everywhere, you'd be saying, hey, man, I'll fly down to Mexico and cut their grass for crying out loud. I don't care what I got to do. Find me some grass to cut. And then you guess what else? If you were a dirty person, you would be uh, you'd, you'd be on your printer printing out pictures of grass and then cutting it and just sending that in. You do whatever corrupt thing you have to do to get more money. Well, that's the same thing the hospitals do. It's the same thing the police officers do. It's the same thing the same thing these departments of health and welfare in all the different states do. They're called different things, but they're all the same concept. These sometimes the Department of Family and Child Services (DFCS), sometimes Department of Health and Welfare, sometimes Health and Human Service, whatever. All right. these states have a different name. But when you tell them if you find a kid that you can kidnap, we're going to pay you 
And here's the figure that some have given. It's up to a million dollars per kid is what eventually it becomes, uh, they, they become worth once you calculate everybody who puts their hand in the cookie jar for these children. And, and that's just that's just the government. Like that's just on that end of it. Well, it's everybody. So it's right. like, it's the actual state government, it's the hospitals, it's doctors, right. it's the judicial, the judicial branch, the judiciary, the police agencies, new uh, endless amounts of bureaucrats and government programs that are all now feeding off of these kids. Uh, we have a program here called Medicaid, which is basically free healthcare for poor people. And my daughter and son-in-law don't qualify for Medicaid because he makes good, he makes you know enough money that he doesn't qualify for it, but he also doesn't have health insurance, so everything was private pay. He was paying out of pocket. Well, as soon as they kidnap baby Cyrus, guess what? The state puts baby Cyrus on Medicaid, puts him in the hospital. He has literally a band around his arm with the barcode on it, and they just shoot it with a, you know, just like you're at the grocery store, beep, 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 and they're like, oh, let's order some x-rays, beep. Okay, x-rays orders. Oh, let's do a blood lab, uh, lab test, beep. Oh, let's do some blood tests, beep. And they're just using him like a debit card, ordering up everything you could ever imagine, because now it's all free, paid for by the government. So yeah, all the thing, everything they do, every scan, every test, they're getting money for it. But that's, yeah, that's exactly right. But that's literally how they do it. I'm not using that, like, uh, I'm not being facetious. They literally put a barcode around his wrist, beep, 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 and they shoot him all up, uh, using him like a debit card, and that's how they are getting additional payments now from another uh, uh, program from the government, Medicaid, which is free healthcare. And so, I mean, it gets so outlandish that it's really hard to put a final figure on how much each child is worth. That's stunning, Diego. Like a lot of people listening or might not be aware of this. And then when you start factoring in the handshake in the criminal underworld with, if they can make that money on the front end of kidnapping a child from their parents through the system. And then they can flush, put that child into the foster care system, which is the bridge to the sort of criminal networks, right? And the trafficking networks. Then you see the money that can be made off of these children over and over and over again. It's such so a horror story. Put some like, uh, some, uh, weight to what you just said on a national basis. There's over a hundred thousand children who have gone missing from foster care. They just lose them. Foster care has wow. no idea where the heck they are. Anecdotal evidence and history demonstrate that they end up being falling into these underground child sex trafficking rings. But this is how it works. They will steal your child, kidnap your child from you. You will spend the next two to three years of your life doing everything you can to fight to get that child back, ultimately lose all your money, all your savings, probably lose your house because most people end up mortgaging their homes, running up credit card debt. Two or three years later, your child's gone. You never see them again. They're adopted out to some homosexual family. And then they're six, seven years old. And now they're being sold. Now they're lost in the foster care system and being passed around in the underworld from person to person being abused. That's the reality of this entire child trafficking ring going on today. It's real. It's happening every day. And it probably would have happened to baby Cyrus because this is a fact. They prefer the cute kids. I'm not saying some kids are not cute. Okay. And I, I know this is a hard thing to say because it sounds subjective and horrible, but we all yeah, understand, understand. certain kids that are just really adorable and other kids are, are baby adorable. Uh, but the cuter they are, the more money they fetch on the you know underground market. And so 
God only knows where baby Cyrus would be today if patriots, lovers of freedom, conservatives, Christians, fighters did not stand up and make all the noise that we made. We'd still be fighting this battle right now, and we wouldn't have baby. Baby Cyrus is here with me downstairs. He's asleep right Thank now. God. I understand. Otherwise, I'd bring him on. And we'd all say, hey, here's baby Cyrus. But um, and, and but they do these things against the law. It's all illegally. So, for example, why am I having this conversation with you? And it wasn't my son-in-law and my daughter. Well, two reasons. First of all, they were gag ordered by the judge. So really? we have in our constitution, for those uh, who don't understand the United States Constitution, we had this great constitution. You guys modeled your constitution after ours and most Western democracies, which they shouldn't be called that, did as well. But the most important element of our Constitution is not the initial Constitution itself, but what we call the Bill of Rights. They were the first 10 amendments that our founding fathers agreed to add to the Constitution after ratifying it. And what these do is they highlight and declare certain rights that were guaranteed to the people in these first 10 amendments to the Constitution. Most people are only aware of the first and the second one. First one famously is the freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of press. But there's more freedoms in the First Amendment. One of them is it gives us the right to redress our grievances, that we can protest, that we can demand a redress of our grievances, and the government can't stop us from doing that. And people ignore that altogether. Uh, most Canadians probably look at us with a lot of jealous and envy of our Second Amendment, which is our right to keep and bear arms. And, and it literally says that this is necessary for the security of a free state. Okay, so most people know those two, and that's pretty much it. But there's a whole bunch of other real important ones. The Fifth Amendment guarantees us a right to due process. And the Sixth Amendment, and I'm mentioning these for a very specific reason, the Sixth Amendment guarantees us the right to a speedy and public trial with an impartial jury of our peers. Now, David, imagine just for a minute, if one person, one judge, one cop, one politician, whoever you want to be, one person had the power to try you, prosecute you, and sentence you all in secret without nobody knowing what the heck happened. Imagine that measure of tyranny. It's basically giving somebody godlike power. They could walk in and say, take David, you're in jail, or I'm going to cut your head off and it's done. Why? What happened? Nobody knows. Nobody can talk about it. And if anybody does talk about it, they'll face the same fate. They do this in communist and fascist countries all over. Like this has been, we've seen this happen. And this is what we're desperately trying to prevent from happening here. Here in Canada, uh, we got a kind of a crash course as Canadians into our charter of rights, as it's been trampled on by our government, um, where we have something called Section 2, where we have the right to lawfully assemble and have our grievances heard. That's, the, that's what empowers us to do that. Okay. However, our government is completely in violation of that, as they were in complete full breach of both national and international laws during this pandemic, breaking our charter, breaking our agreements, breaking the health acts, the Nuremberg codes, et cetera. And yet they did it anyways. And then when Canadians got together to peacefully demonstrate against that, they were branded as terrorists and disbanded and the whole thing. So what you're saying definitely touches the hearts of Canadians as well, because we went through it on that, on that front very recently and are still going through it. So we need you guys to keep fighting. Everybody needs to keep fighting on this. This is the only way. We, unfortunately, we don't win back our freedoms by with tweets. We don't win back our freedoms right. with uh, 140 or 160 or 240 character messages or, or bumper stickers. People have to be willing to stand and fight all the way. In the case of what happens here, that Sixth Amendment, which guarantees us the right to a speedy and public trial, is completely violated. 
the, the these trials that they have for these children when they kidnap your child 48 hours later you get to go to a uh kangaroo court where they act like they're having a real trial but it's not a real trial it's all rubber stamped boom boom boom, boom. the child's no longer yours we're keeping them in our custody because they're getting paid for it and we found out now that the judges are getting paid that these judges who are ruling whether or not that your child stays with you or not if if they keep the child they're going to get paid so they're what a conflict of interest that is that is no so kidding. wicked and evil and wrong they should be going to jail for that crap but instead they gag ordered my daughter and son-in-law and it was not unique to us they do this to everybody so it's a violation of the sixth amendment the entire process is in secret they're gag ordered and can't talk about it they didn't even talk to me about what happened in that courtroom that day because the first reason they're gag ordered the second reason is if they violate that gag order they are threatened to never be able to get the baby back ever. So, so that they work on that and they're saying, listen, we're going to violate your rights and you're going to take it because otherwise you'll never get your baby back. It's pure tyranny. That is, that's the mafia. That is how they work. It's like, you got to pay us the juice or we're going to come back and visit you again. Like it's the same. It's the same. Oh my God. But wow. it's worse than the mafia because in this case, you and I pay for this with our taxes. Right. That makes it even worse. Absolutely. Their own money in their criminal underworld. Here they're taking our money and then using our money to tyrannize us. That's that's next level. That's next level. Well, going on in in the U.S. is what's going on right now in the child trafficking ring. Um, It gets crazier. It gets deeper. There's some stuff that we've uncovered that would blow everybody's mind that uh, I'm not at liberty to to publish yet, but we will be publishing it. What's what's happened here now is. Now that I'm gone, me and my friend Ammon Bundy, who was uh, part of this whole thing, I don't know if the Canadians know who he is, but uh, he's been a national and even international figure for his stand against federal government tyranny uh, for, for many, many years. Um, but we're now being sued. So the hospital who took baby Cyrus, that, that video clip you played earlier of me at a press conference was in front of St. Luke's Hospital, which claims to be a nonprofit organization which the CEO earned $18 million in the two years of COVID. How do you like that for being nonprofit and the CEO earns $18 million? Previous to COVID, no CEO ever earned more than just over a million dollars. Now they earn $18 million in two years. I mean, think about how insane that is. And the previous CEO was put on the, our governor of Idaho on his COVID task force to determine how to operate and how to, you know, what to do about COVID and how to disperse funds and things of that nature. How is that not total corruption right in front of our face? Anyhow, that uh, that hospital is now suing me. Here's the lawsuit. I just got it two days ago or or no, not two days ago. Today's Monday. So I got it on Thursday. So, yeah, two business days ago. And this is what we call a slap suit in the U.S. It's a total violation of law. It's a violation of the U.S. Constitution. They're coming out and saying, um, you guys went out there and spoke against us. And because you spoke against us, it hurt our business. And you did it for money. You guys were just trying to raise money. Dumbest thing of all time. We did it because I'm trying to save my grandson, you idiots. And it cost me money. You guys are the ones taking money. You guys are the ones taking government money to the tune of millions of dollars. I've lost money, and yet now you're going to sue me over this? Why do they do this? Because they can, because they have endless pockets, 
and they could create these slap suits, which are designed to shut the mouths of their opposition because it can tie you up with so many legal fees and such an intense legal battle that they just bankrupt you over time. And that's their goal. That's what they're trying to do. Uh, we're absolutely not backing down. We're going to keep fighting. We're going to fight, you know, more than ever. Um, but this is the corruption of the way this system works, brother. They have the power, they have the money. And if you don't play, uh, you know, nicely, according to their rules, they will either destroy you financially. They will devastate you, uh, in terms of your, your public reputation or, They'll just unalive you like the Clintons are famous for doing and like what happened to Nancy Schaefer. Yeah, the Clinton body count. Oh, my God. We could do a whole show on that. But it's definitely relevant. Um, so this is incredible. The picture you've painted here, Diego, it's, it, it actually corresponds very well to many other guests that I've had um, on the subject of human trafficking and things like that. And then also with what we've seen go down with COVID, which to me was one of the biggest frauds in, in history um, and what they're doing there, a power grab, et cetera. We're seeing how they're doing it. The, the, I love how you pointed out the same financial incentive practice that's gone on within the child protective services ring and what we noticed with the hospitals, which was an element that I've been covering with some of the other tragic cases we've talked about. Um, maybe now we should tell some more of the details of what actually happened to baby Cyrus. And I wanted to know, we went, at, we went down that train. But I'm so glad we did, though. But now it'll make more sense to people. Now that we've given that background, it'll make more sense. 100% sense. And, I, and I've and i learned now after doing many interviews that I need to start off with that. Maybe we not go as long as we just did. But I need to start off with that. Otherwise, people just don't get it. They just don't get it. They still think right. they're hiding something. There's something they're missing. No. I'll tell you the story right now, exactly what happened. I'll give you the quick Reader's Digest version. If you want all the details, they can find the details on our website at freedomman.org, which is the, the website you had up there earlier or where that video is anyhow. Um, but in short, my son, my grandson is now a year old. When this happened, he was 10 months old because uh, it's been two months since it happened. Well, he was exclusively breastfed all the way up to about seven months old. Once they got to seven months, they started introducing whole foods to him as they, or just, you know, solid foods rather. And he didn't take the solid foods very well. He started vomiting. And we now know that he has a condition called cyclical vomiting syndrome. And this is a condition that's relatively well known. It's not super common, but it's not necessarily rare. And it's not just for babies, you know, um, young children, teenagers, and even adults can suffer from cyclical vomiting syndrome. And it's just this condition where for a few days you just start vomiting basically uncontrollably and nobody knows why, nobody knows the cause. And then you stop and uh, you're fine for a period of time. And then it happens again. When it happens to a baby, of course, they start losing weight. Just like you and I would lose weight if we started vomiting for three or four days straight. And so this is what happened to baby Cyrus. My my son and daughter-in-law, or excuse me, my daughter and son-in-law, they started taking baby Cyrus to naturopathic doctors. They started taking him to every single type of treatment that they could find, you know, health clinics. They stayed away from the hospitals for all the right reasons, uh, but they kept going to all of these different clinics. Well, they ultimately did go to St. Luke's Hospital when a nurse at their functional medicine of Idaho um, clinic told them that she wanted them to go to there so that baby Cyrus could be fully rehydrated with an IV since St. Luke's Hospital, apparently, they claim to be the only place that was capable of doing an IV in an infant. I don't know if it's true or not, but that's what happened. They go to the St. Luke's Hospital. They're there. They kept, they kept them there for four days. 
After being there for four days, um, they couldn't find anything wrong with baby Cyrus, so they discharged him with essentially a clean bill of health. That doesn't mean that he was healthy. It just means that they couldn't find anything wrong with him. And from there, this was a Friday night when they discharged him. They wanted him to go back on Monday to the same clinic that they were at previously. And when they, they, they did, over the weekend, baby Cyrus had a vomiting episode. And so when he came back on Monday morning, he, was, he had lost weight. And so he had specifically lost 35 grams. So from Friday to Monday, he lost 35 grams, um, which you, are you guys on metric system? If not, it's 1.23 ounces for those if we had to do the, the transition right. there. So anyhow, uh, from there, they said, okay, come back on Thursday and let's have another appointment. So he comes back on Thursday, had another appointment, and he's still not gaining weight sufficiently. So the nurse, which was a male nurse named Aaron Dykstra, he said, well, come back tomorrow. We want to do one more weigh-in. And this is not, an, this is not a full-fledged appointment. It's just a weigh-in. And I just want to know what the baby's weight is before we go into the weekend. He played it down like it was no big deal. He said, I don't even have to be here. My assistant can do the weigh-in for you. It's just a weigh-in. That's all it is. And, and that's it. So they said, fine. Okay, no problem. So the next morning, my daughter wakes up. She feels a little bit uh, sick that morning, kind of like a sore throat. And that was it. She said, you know what? feel a little sore throat. I don't think I want to go to this weigh-in today because I don't feel good. And here we've had this, you know, I'm sure it's up there in Canada as well, but it's like, if you're sick, if you feel sickness, if you have any symptoms whatsoever, you need to quarantine in place. Don't come to a doctor's office. Don't come anywhere. Stay at home. So she had a sore throat. So she said, you know what? I'm just going to stay home. So she calls the clinic. And when she called the clinic, they didn't answer. So she left a message and said, you know what? I'm not going to come in today. Um, Her appointment was at 10 a.m. She called before that and said, I'm not going to come in because I'm feeling under the weather. And then she went back to sleep because she had been up all night with baby Cyrus. Well, they called her back. When they called her back, she was asleep. So she didn't answer the phone. That was it. That's everything that happened. At that point, this freak nurse decided to take it upon himself that 20 minutes after the appointment, the appointment was supposed to be at 10 a.m. She canceled it. At 10.20 a.m., he has, and we have the medical records now to show that that's when it happened. At 10.20 a.m., he calls CPS. And from that point, that that fateful phone call uh, started off and kicked off a series of events that ended up with violence and abduction. And later that night, because they couldn't find baby Cyrus, um, they put out what's called a BOLO, a be on the lookout, which is for all law enforcement to be looking for Levi's truck. We just found out last week. Get this. Are you ready for this? We just found out before we left Idaho that the way they found uh, Levi, and we found this out because we finally got an unredacted copy of the police report. So this is not paranoia. This is what they said in their own stinking police report. They found Levi because they pinged and traced his cell phone. Oh, wow. Okay. Kind of like how we just saw the 2000 Mules film about the election fraud thing. And they were saying, well, that's, that doesn't happen, but they use it to do this. Said that in there, there's two different types of ways to ping. So on the 2000 mules film that was done legally because this is where they were purchasing GPS tracking data that you and I have agreed to in the applications in the, in the uh, terms of service you get when you download those apps. So those companies are, you know, yeah, sure. It's hidden in this huge terms of service you have there, but you're basically agreeing to that. And so they're collecting that data and then they sell it off. Well, that is with the GPS, and that is using an app on your phone. The other way you can do a ping is you can do a cell tower ping, which goes through the actual 
um, cell phone company. You guys have, I think, Rogers and, and whoever else are your big telecom companies over there. Bell. So imagine, um, you know, the the BC police go up there and say, hey, we want all they need is your phone number here. We want this. We want to track to see where this guy is at. It's not as accurate as GPS, but it's, it's still pretty accurate. And that's illegal, by the way. You can't do that. But they do it all the time. And we already have case precedents that went all the way to the United States Supreme Court that says local police agencies can't do that. But they do anyway. And they did in this case. And so they literally tracked him with an illegal cell phone ping. That's incredible. That's incredible. Once they found where we were at, we were leaving a friend's house for dinner. And then you can watch the video and see the video where they were pulled over. And my daughter had the sense to live stream, live stream the entire thing on her cell phone. And she live streamed it on Facebook. It was all recorded. We were all there. And because it was live streamed, that's where people saw uh, how my daughter was assaulted. I have three daughters. Two of them were in the, in the truck that night. One of them was assaulted. Her arms were pulled and ripped out of the, the truck. She finally comes out. They put her under false arrest two times because they told her that she was under arrest for felony injury to a child and it wasn't her child. Uh, and then she said, it's not my child. So then they said, well, now you're under arrest for falsifying information to an officer. But she didn't falsify in for any information, obviously. And nobody had injured any child. So all this is just complete lies. Then they rip my son-in-law out of the truck, slam him up against the truck, put him in cuffs, put him off in the squad car. They take my other daughter. They manipulate her and tell her to get out of the car to get into the ambulance. And they promise her she will never have to leave baby Cyrus's side, that she will get to stay with baby Cyrus. As soon as they get her into the ambulance, the whole story changed. They say, give us the baby or you're going to be arrested. And then they threaten when she refused to give baby Cyrus to the police, they threatened to harm baby Cyrus. And if you don't give baby Cyrus, harm will come to him. So give, give him to us so that no harm comes to him. And this punk, this absolute sociopath, literally tells my daughter, just give the baby to the EMT and you can go on your merry way. He literally said that. And... This is not, again, me just making wild claims. Diego's a crazy guy. He must be a conspiracy theorist, tinfoil hat-wearing nutcase. This is all on film. You guys can go right now and click two buttons and watch the video that shows everything I'm telling you right now. Should we... I've got it queued. Do you want to play it? Or, I mean, it's eight minutes, or do you want to just... I can share it out for people. Uh, do you want to do the play... Play a little bit. Okay, let's do it. I'll pull it up here for you guys. And Diego, actually, while we're while we're watching it, if there's a point you want me to pause and you want to say something, you go right ahead. Let me bring it in here. Here we go. All right, guys, let's check this out. No, I'm not moving. For what reason? What crime did I commit? 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 No, do you know? No, Miranda, let them. Miranda. I'm getting out and let me get out. Okay. Hang on. Oh my God. I, I will step out. Get out of the car. Try to get out of the car. Dad, it's Okay. 
It says, after watching her husband be ripped out of the truck by force, slamming up against the truck, handcuffed, and then taken away, then watching her sister be morally degraded, yanked forcefully through the window, and falsely accusing the felony injury of a child. I'm going to take him to the hospital. And no. if you want to go, you can, can come. Can I ride with him, please? Yes, you can. Okay. okay. We'll get an ambulance here to transport okay. you. Okay. Okay. So what I want you to do, though, is give me him. I'll let him back to you. I'll give him right back to you. Do you promise okay. me you won't let him but end my side? these guys are going to make sure that you don't have do any weapons. Promise, I promise. I will stay right it. here with him. Okay. With you. Not out of my okay. sight. I will do that. Okay. But they're going to make sure you don't have any weapons or anything like that. Okay. Okay. What's your name? I can't let him go. I will stand right here with you. I promise. You have to take him from me. I okay. can't. Okay. I, okay. No, okay. no. No, no, no. Come here. It's okay. They're going to check me. They will give him right back to you. I can't. I, I promised right him I wouldn't let him go. I will give him right back to you. Okay? But you got to promise me. Okay? You got to promise me. Okay. Yeah, gonna be I'll right give him to you, and that you could promise me you go to the hospital with me and him. We'll, we'll ride with him in an ambulance. We'll take you to the hospital, okay? You too. We, we're worried about him. Make sure he's okay. I know. So come with us, okay? And let's take him to the hospital and get that checked out, okay? Marissa was clearly promised multiple times that she would not be separated from baby Cyrus and that she could and would ride with him so in the ambulance. Please don't take him. I won't take him. I'll stand right here with you. Can I hold him while you do what you have to do? Oh, no, because they better check you. Okay? Can they check me while I'm holding him? Please. No, no, I know they can do it. I know they can do it. Please don't let me let go of him. Marissa is then forced to wait out in the freezing cold with baby Cyrus in her arms when she speaks to another no, officer. No, we're taking him to the hospital, but, but you won't take him from me. Well, our intent is to get him looked up in the hospital. Okay. Our, our intent is not to take your child from Marissa is then coaxed into the ambulance without her husband or attorney who was already on site. Then she learns it was all a lie. They were going to take Cyrus away and she was not going to go with him. There'll be a shelter care hearing, okay, on Tuesday. And that's that's a hearing you'll that that's a hearing you're gonna to want to go to, okay? The shelter who care makes, hearing. Who makes this decision? Will be at one o'clock p.m. Do you know who makes this decision? Uh, makes what decision? That he has to go into state custody. Well, yeah. the, we have. You have. Based on what the doctors have told us. I, I can't okay. Say. We go off of what all the information we can get from doctors oh, and and all that. I, I can't. Okay? I'm not gonna leave him. I'm not. I'm not. This is this is how it's gonna go, okay? No, do you do you understand? He, just, he's my baby. I'm listen, not gonna leave listen. him. Marissa, I'm trying to explain this to you, okay? So there will be a shelter care hearing on Tuesday at one o'clock, okay? And you're gonna want to attend that, yeah. okay? And that's what that's what your part of this is, okay? That's your next step in this. We we have no. Nobody wants to take people's children away from them. We want to get the child you, back to you, you in do. a healthy state. No, we want to make sure that kid is healthy. We want to get these kids healthy. Why can't I be with him while you're doing the medical work? How am I in danger to him if I'm just watching and I'm with him? Okay, well, we're going to go ahead and go with just what I just told you, okay? So you're going to so take is, him? No. This, listen, no, this is what what we're going to do okay so this is this is your copy you're going to want this i, I can't i'm sorry i'm not going to leave him well this is how it's going to be okay I can't, I can't leave him i can't leave him i'm sorry guys i i can't you understand what happens when when the state takes custody of babies 
I've seen this so many times. I can't. I can't be that next person. I can't. So this, let me let me explain this to you, okay? This is not my case. This is Detective Fuller's case, okay? But he has made he has made the decision to declare imminent imminent danger, okay? So I really don't want to make this worse on you. I would like to get him the help that he needs right now, okay? But that is going to entail that he goes with us in the ambulance no. and and you leave. If no. that doesn't happen, then we we arrest you. So Marissa was first promised that she would ride in the ambulance to the hospital with baby Cyrus, but now Detective Hansen is saying that if Marissa doesn't have or doesn't the officer the baby, told me that he, I could go with him in the ambulance into the hospital. Yeah, and I don't know what was said before then. I was I was not a part of that conversation. You can't you can't okay. take him. You can't. Okay. Good for her, man. Standing up like this. Can you help me out here? Please. My concern today is for him. I know okay, your concern is for sure him, but I don't cause him any harm by being with him. Okay. Pam, his mother. And you, what you also understand is he only, he has difficulty with proteins. He only takes breast milk. He needs me. He really needs me, okay? I really need your help. Like I told you, I'm, I'm not the lead detective on this, okay? So I'm, I'm here assisting. Is she gonna go? What are we waiting for? Yeah, let's, thank you. All right, so Marissa, I, I need you to hand over the baby to the ENT. I, okay? I won't, I won't. I really don't you want you to go to jail tonight. I don't But I'm telling you, if you don't allow this to happen, you're going to jail. For how long? That's not up to me. But I, I, you will be placed under arrest if you do not comply with what we're asking you to comply with. So if you could please hand him over so he doesn't have any further harm for us having to try and take him away from you. I promise him I won't let him go. And, and I understand that. And you'll have a chance to get him back at some point, okay? The state's all about reunification, but no, right but now, they're not. we need to move this. Okay? And, and I really don't want to have to forcibly remove him from you, but if that's the case, I will do that and you will go to jail. So you have one option at this point. You need to give him to the EMT and you can go on your merry way with your friends and your family who's out there. That's not merry at all. Or I remove him from you and you go to jail. You need to make that decision. You need to make it now, please. I won't let him go. Okay. Go ahead and jump out of the way for me. Baby Cyrus is then stripped out of Marissa's arms and Marissa is arrested, handcuffed, and humiliated while male officers grope her, stick their hands up her blouse and down her pants. Oh my God. What's the charges? What's she being charged with? Are you in charge here? Who's in charge on scene? The gentleman with the paper. Can you explain to me what her charges is? Why not? Why not? There goes the baby. Wow, Diego, man, I, I feel bad. I feel bad making you watch this again. I mean, this just has to be hell. And I, 
I, I don't even know. I don't even have any words. I'm just, there's just pure fury going through my blood at this point. Yeah. It's, uh, Incredible brother. I'm so sorry this happened to you and your family. It's, uh, we're just so glad it's, it's for the most, we're glad that baby Cyrus is back and that oh, we yeah. raise him and raise a family, but the, the amount of injustice and wickedness, it's it's a measure of wickedness that is just unimaginable because every step along the way somebody could stop all this from happening that's right but nobody does and that's the part that's so mind-boggling when there's like 20 steps that anybody has the power to stop wickedness from from taking place but they all go along with it all of them every last one of them is when you realize that absolute complete failure of good people to do the right thing. You know, there's the old saying by Sir Edmund Burke, the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people to do nothing. And we've been doing nothing for so long. The The amount of details we've since found out since then are so mind boggling and they're all published on the website. But the only thing that can give a, a police officer the authority to break the Constitution, to break the Idaho State Constitution, to violate Idaho State law is... If a police officer declares a child to be in imminent danger, and there's basically two types of imminent danger, but in both cases, imminent danger means you're about to die. You are at the point of death, and it's either medically you're at the point of death or physically you're threatened with the, at the point of death. So someone has to be physically threatening you're going to die or you have to medically at the point of death. So in baby Cyrus's case, this police officer is claiming that he has the ability to, to, to assess that baby Cyrus is medically at the point of death and he's not taken away from the family. He's going to die because he needs to be seen by a doctor and he needs to be in, in the care of a, of a hospital. So, and this was that detective, right? He made that call. The one who was saying, I declared this to be imminent danger and we're going to go with this. And Marissa's like, why can't I go with him? If I'm not doing him any harm being with him, he's like, well, we're going to go with what I just said. That worthless piece of trash, and believe me, that's the very best thing you could ever say about him. He's like, no, I declared imminent danger. Well, guess what? He knew that he wasn't in, in imminent danger. The Department of Health and Welfare knew he wasn't in imminent danger. And St. Luke's Hospital knew he wasn't in imminent danger. Everybody knew that baby Cyrus was not in imminent danger. And we have the written proof to verify that very fact. First of all, all this worthless cop did was he called a nurse and he called the nurse in order to give him cover for his police report for him declaring the babies in imminent danger. And we now know that he gets paid for this stuff. This is at least what we've been told for those who've been fighting the system. These agencies get paid. They're all part of this child trafficking ring. And he does this on a daily basis. Now, the nurse he called was Nurse Tracy Youngman from St. Luke's Hospital. And guess what? Nurse Tracy Youngman has never seen baby Cyrus up to that point. She'd never seen him. She is making a life-altering diagnosis on a baby she's never seen. That's called medical malpractice in That's any right. other circumstance. So she, he calls her up and says, well, I got baby Cyrus here. And she's like, yep, tell me about him. Oh, yeah, he looks a little weak and lethargic. Okay, he's imminent danger. Go ahead and take him. All right, great. Nurse Youngman, so he writes in his thing that Nurse Youngman told me that the baby Cyrus is in imminent danger. And that's what his claim is when he says, well, we're going to go with what the doctor said. Well, no doctor said anything. A nurse who'd never seen baby Cyrus is who made this claim. And that's what's in the medical report. Then guess what? They take baby Cyrus to the hospital. And when they take baby Cyrus to the hospital, 
The Idaho Department of Health and Welfare tacitly admitted that they knew baby Cyrus was not an imminent danger because the medical report, and this is posted on the website, so you guys can see it in the medical record yourself. You can see the actual piece of paper where it says the Idaho Department of Health and Welfare had already identified a foster family to place baby Cyrus in his care that very night. But because there were already protesters out in front of the hospital, they felt that it was unsafe for the foster care parent, whoever it would be. Uh, so they did not take baby Cyrus to the foster care family. So you explain this to me, Dave. How in the world are they saying baby Cyrus is about to die? He's in so much danger. He's going to die without being in the hands of a doctor. So we're going to dump him off with some stranger at a foster care home. That's that like that sounds like a bad movie script. It sounds impossible, but yet you experienced it. And now we know that how many others have experienced this exact same thing, but maybe didn't have the voice. They didn't know where to go. They didn't have the voice of the platform. What you said is, is the most horrifying part is that we went through this. We were fortunate to have a platform and a way to get this information out to everybody. The next morning we had over 400 people protesting in front of that hospital. And we continued every single day, day after day. But we, we since found out is, is the thousands of people who, who endure this daily don't have a voice. They don't have an advocate. They don't have a platform. And they just suffer, brother. They just take it. They just suffer repeatedly the greatest injustice imaginable. I can't tell you how many parents have already told me, I, if my baby had died, it would be better than for me to know that he's taken and he's off somewhere else and I'll yeah. never see him again and God only knows what happened to him. In other words, they're saying it would the suffering is easier to handle if a child is just dies. But to know that it, that the child's not dead and somebody else is raising him and somebody else, you know, for those who are believers out there, there's only a handful of capital crimes in the Bible. Adultery is a capital crime, murder is a capital crime, and kidnap is a capital crime. Okay, so these other things that people think about are so horrible that our, God doesn't judge them to be that horrible, but kidnapping is capital. It's a capital crime, meaning it's worthy of capital punishment. Yeah. The Bible plainly says, he who kidnaps somebody else must be put to death. You kidnap somebody, you need to die according to God's judgment. For those who aren't believers, then I just want you to imagine, imagine the horror of how, how could you ever say you live in a free country when your child could be taken away from you by force for no good reason whatsoever. Now, St. Luke's also, which is the hospital they took baby Cyrus to, also knew he was in imminent danger because in the medical record that they did not want to give us that we now have access to, the attending physician who first saw baby Cyrus as soon as he was brought into their hospital, she wrote in her medical record, this is a healthy baby without interventions. Straight up, you can see it on the website. You can read it with your own two eyes. So the Department of Health and Welfare tacitly admits that baby Cyrus is not in imminent danger. The hospital admits that baby Cyrus is not in imminent danger, yet they keep him anyway. So was this the mechanism that allowed you to finally get custody of him again? What was the way that that went down? I wish. I wish it was that simple. Uh, the answer to that question is it was accumulation, uh, an accumulation of everything combined right. it was the fact that we were out there on a daily basis protesting in front of the hospital i was having press conferences every day this was a national news story when thousands of people were making phone calls every day thousands of emails were being sent in he even writes they write in here 
that the emails and phone calls that shut down their systems are it damaged their business. And so they're suing us because we incited that. Okay. Um, additionally, there was a group here started by Ammon Bundy that's called People's Rights, where a bunch of people who just promise one to another that we will defend your rights and you defend ours when your rights are violated. And so that group all on its own sent dozens of people to each of the police officers' homes, the people who kidnapped baby Cyrus. They were out in front of their homes with flyers that they passed out to their neighbors saying, hey, your neighbor over here is a child trafficker. Here's his picture. Here's what they did. Go to this website, see the story, watch the video, and then protest it out in front of their house. Give our babies back. Child kidnap is not okay. And so it embarrassed and humiliated them. They then moved baby Cyrus from the hospital to the Department of Health and Welfare. So we moved over there. So we moved our uh, our protest over there every single day, brother, from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. We had people protesting every single day. Oh, After that's amazing. Days, they couldn't deal with it anymore. And they gave baby Cyrus back, though they held legal custody and legal rights to baby Cyrus, even though he was now back in the hands of Marissa and Levi. That never happens, by the way. That is an absolute miracle that that took place in seven days. They got baby Cyrus back. It's a total miracle. Never happens. Then... Is that, sorry to jump in, is that still standing now that they are still saying they control the child? Even They're just allowing them to be back in the home, but they still have that right? Is that what they're claiming? Up to two weeks ago. So up okay. to two weeks ago, yes. And that's what happened two weeks ago. Um, the entire case was dismissed before the second hearing. So the first hearing happens in 48 hours. It's called a shelter care hearing. The second hearing is called the adjudicatory hearing. And it's supposed to happen within 60 days. And before that hearing ever came up, uh, again, because of national pressure, because we had a very fortunate to have a good legal team who just built such a strong legal case that they were all going to be destroyed on the other side. And we are suing everybody. Everybody's going to get sued. We're not letting them off the hook for anything. The police department is being sued. The hospital is being sued. The Department of Health and Welfare is being sued. They're all going to be sued. And now they're, the, the hospital is suing us. Well, we're going to counter sue them again for that. These guys are crooks. They're criminals. And we're going to prove it in a court of law. Oh, God, speed with that, man. Like, may all the forces of all of that is good be at your back because we need a landmark case like this because what your story does is not only get justice for you and your family, Diego, it also is a flag in the ground for all the other families that have suffered under this and all the future families that will suffer if nothing is done. So you're defying... Or you're you're proving that case. You know, when good people do nothing, evil thrives. Well, good people are doing something and you're inspiring others to get behind you and you're creating movements and you've got the lawsuits and this is the time to do it because guess what? It's actually the perfect time for you to do this right now because these same crooks are connected to the other crooks who are committing massive crimes right. in America on all these levels right now uh, that are all starting to come to the surface. So I feel in a way that something's moving to put your story and other stories like that out there. This is what I'm trying to just help facilitate is just keep getting it out into the airwaves. Because when we realize that when you open up this door that we've just opened in this discussion and you start going down that door, you're going to find you're in a grand hallway of other doors of that are all going into the same place. And that's where that evil lives. And that evil is under attack, which means it's going to try to defend itself with everything it's got. But we, the good people of the world, can no longer do nothing. We have to support. Amen, we have to fight back. And by God, if there's anything I can do, you let me know, man, because I have a father. I'm a, I have two young daughters and, uh, you know, I get up every day for them. 
you're getting up every day for your family. And if good men in this country and in this world can start to rise and fight back, this evil can't stand a chance. They got to hide in the shadows. They got to hide in the dark. They got to lie, cheat, and steal. That's the act of cowards. So the fact that we're out in front, I think that tells us who's on the right side and who's going to win. Amen, brother. And yes, you can help. And what you're doing is this is you're doing the Lord's work right right now. I mean, show I've been on many, many, many shows in the last two months, and every single one of them helped. Every last one of them. You're helping right now. Every single one of them, they're they're helping. I wish that what I've learned is that there is, you know, my my brother, my younger brother corrected me the other day when we were having a conversation with our family we had our own like you know private zoom meeting with all of our family around the country once we got baby cyrus back and we got out of the out of the state and everything and we were talking about the difference between alternative media and mainstream media and my brother corrected me he said you know what bro he goes it's not really mainstream media anymore because you know what and he was talking about joe rogan he goes look at joe rogan's audience his audience is like five times more than all of the other CNN, MSNBC. And I know you guys don't have all of these over there, but you know, all of the other, what we would typically call the mainstream news stations, NBC, CBS, uh, et cetera. And CNN, all of them combined don't even match, you know, a, a percentage of just Joe Rogan's audience. And it's incredible. My little podcast in Canada gets more hits collectively, even though I've been shadow banned and censored off mainstream platforms, I get more hits on my show truth warrior than Justin Trudeau will get when he makes a public speech. I'll put money on it. I love that. And so, so we sometimes feel like, Oh, we're, we're, we're in the, in the dark. We're over here. People don't know about us, but I've been on these shows where people are getting, you know, Small audiences of 10,000 people hear this one, 30,000 hear this one, 50,000. Well, when you do it and it all combines, we're reaching an audience that this is becoming mainstream. And so my brother said, he goes, bro, that's not mainstream media. They're corporate media. That's what they're all in it for a profit. Yep. They're not in it for any other reason than that. And I said, bro, you're right. And I appreciate that. That's why I'm going to call it that way from now on. And so it's the mainstream media of yesterday that is now corporate media. Those guys, are worthless but it's the people like you who are making a difference because you're reaching an audience of people who have heart people who care people who actually love the truth i mean look we're living in a generation where people can't even define a man and a woman i don't know <laughs> that you're going to reach those people and convince them of anything true period yeah. they're already a lost cause they're not worth even trying to help i'm sorry to break the news to you guys but they're not even worth trying to help, right? There's people who already believe like us. There's people who are so far gone, they'll never be reached. But there's this other window of people who just need facts. And they're just being thrown lies all day long. And the propaganda machine is so strong that, you know, it, it's almost, it, it's, it feels insurmountable. But then people like you come on and say, boom, here's my podcast. Someone else comes on, here's my podcast. And there's podcasts and there's rumble and there's streaming mechanisms and then there's people who are going to listen to this podcast and tell their friend and tell their friend and the old school you know barbecue news machine where people are out in the backyards having barbecues and talking to their friends and whatnot that stuff makes a difference i can't tell you how many people have got involved and jumped on board and have supported baby cyrus and his story who heard it from a friend who heard it from a friend who heard it from a friend um and it just, it became explosive. And, and you mentioned the word, this is a, uh, we need a landmark case. In the U.S., 
we obviously have a glorious history of glorious moments in our past. And then we have some horrible moments of horrible uh, history in our past as well, including civil war, slavery, racial injustice, et cetera. And now abortion, which is the big one. Well, everybody knows the story here in the U.S. of Rosa Parks. I don't know if you guys know it up there in, in mm -hmm. Canada, but it's a story during the time of racial segregation where there was a woman who's a black woman who had to sit in the back of the bus because black people were separated from white people and they always had to sit in the back of the bus. Well, she didn't sit in the back. She just sat because there was space available. Uh, she didn't go to the back and somebody came and told her, hey, you're black, sit in the back of the bus. And she was the first woman ever to say no. And she refused to get up and sit in the back of the bus. And she was arrested. And this became a huge national story. Was it the worst form of racial injustice ever in the history of America? No, not at all. It was just the first one to rise to this national prominence to create a national outcry. And it was the landmark case that was used to really build this entire movement to basically put an end to this racial segregation and injustice in America. And we so desperately need a landmark case for child trafficking to end this forever. And so what we're asking for people to do is let's let this be it. Not because it's my grandson, not because we, because it needs to end, but we've already been told that baby Cyrus's case has, has reached to a higher level of national and even international prominence than any story in, in the last several decades for medical kidnapping. This story has gone to obviously oh, incredible. We've re, I've done interviews in Australia. We have news reports in India, all throughout Latin America, Germany. Um, I have some, uh, you know, I have a, a friend of mine who, who totally blasted this all over the place in Germany and on, I mean, it apparently it blew up in Germany on, on the Q forums, on 4chan, on 8kun, places like that, that are really the, you know, the dark corners of the internet, but it, it just blew up all throughout Europe and Germany specifically. And all over the, the world, literally all these places, we've got people contacting the family. I mean, there's one of the most beautiful things. There was a group of people in India it's like, a, I don't know, it was a church group or what it was, but they were sending pictures about how in India they were having like, um, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, but in turn, they were taking turns praying. So they had continual nonstop 24-7 prayer going on for baby Cyrus. And they were, you know, oh, sending wow. messages to the family saying, we don't know who you are. We saw your story. We're over here in India and our hearts are touched. And they were weeping and crying and they were just taking turns praying so that there never was a moment that somebody wasn't praying for baby Cyrus and brother. When That's you beautiful. Oh my God. It does to your heart, man. I just can't even tell you what it does. The amount of love that that's, and that's the, that's the solution is in the face of great evil. You bring that heart with you. You bring that soul with you and you surround yourself with that. And that's when those unseen forces come to your back and that's yeah. what's happening. And it's, you're being guided, man. And, uh, I think that this is, I'm so conflicted because I feel so happy about that, but I'm also still so pissed off about the situation. But hey, that's what motivates a human being, right? To get off our butts. That's what needs to happen. We need to be exposed to en enough evil that we start to come out of our slumber and do something about it. And I see that happening on so many fronts. And if any hope can be given, I mean, I'm just sitting here in Canada looking at our recent example. I can't, I can't stop talking about these truckers that just the same thing happened, Diego, which was just a trucker went and he just said, hey, you know, this is ridiculous what the government's doing, uh, locking people in their country and, and all this stuff and passports and all this. And he's like, well, well, us truckers should do something. Within weeks, there's it's suddenly the, a big movement that they say within the first month of that, 
there was over 11 million Canadians that rallied behind that cause, whether they went to Ottawa, whether they went to their little overpass, whether they went to their city or town. I went to my local legislation every week and we all went and we went with love. We went with unity. We went with the banner of freedom because we realize if we're going to live in a country with other people, we're not all going to agree on every point, but we can agree on freedom. And when we put that as the banner, man, people were handing around warm apple cider and hugs and bouncy castles and bubbles. And what does the government and that fake media you're talking about say? Oh, it's a bunch of Nazi terrorists and they're all, it's insurrection. They're trying to take over and they crack down. And so I'm just seeing like, I want people to pay attention, even though these seem like two different stories that we're talking about, we're seeing the same patterns, the same patterns of how the government and the official news starts to react to the truth and to the people who are the real citizens. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but it's not a different story. It's the exact same story, but just in two different contexts. But the story is the same. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're dealing with the same evil. We're dealing with that. We're seeing the pattern of how evil operates. Right. And I, it brings me to a point that I'd like you to close with, if you would. Um, I know you're a minister and you gave a very passionate speech. Uh, that's the clip that I played at the beginning. And later on in that speech, you said something that really hit me, which is that, you know, when you're coming from uh, a lot of religious camps, there's this propensity to push evil out into some dimension, some spiritual domain. So it's like a passing of the buck that can take place. Yeah. And um, while we can understand why people might want to do that, and we're not trying to insult anybody's belief about it, it's just, I thought your take was very unique about how we can't do that. We have to realize that evil is something that's a potential for every human being. Did you have a few words on that point? Well, what I would say is if people don't recognize this and everything, two things happen. Number one, the buck gets passed like you just mentioned. And number two, people feel that it's fate, like it has to happen. And therefore, they just let things happen because they're fatalistic. And so I'll, I'll just I'll just go to the total extreme. I like to use extreme illustrations in order to make a point. And that is, I can't tell you as a minister, you hear people who talk about great wickedness and evil. And I'll take the example of Adolf Hitler. And people say, well, Adolf Hitler was demon-possessed. He was totally demon-possessed. And uh, I'm a guy who's a very strict, you know, uh, biblicist, meaning I believe the Bible to be true, and I believe it to be our standard, and that's what we look up to. And, and I, I always ask people who say these kinds of things, like Adolf Hitler was demon-possessed. I'm like, have you heard the Bible? And like, have you read the way people who are demon-possessed act in the Bible? Like, first of all, most people don't believe in demon-possession. Even Christians don't believe in it. It's in the Bible. And so how do people in the, in, who are demon-possessed in the Bible, how do they act? They're completely nuts. They're insane. They're running around naked, beating themselves. They have no self-control. They're they they can't even. They're literally functionally illiterate. They can't function in society until Jesus comes, casts the devils out of them, and then they're totally normal. So, if the only stories we have in the Bible about demon possessed people is that they they can't even function in society and they're basically what we would call mentally insane and out of control, then how do we get off saying? Well, all these people who've risen to, to a place of power and control, they're all demon-possessed. Hitler was not demon-possessed. Simply was not. Neither is Justin Trudeau. Neither was Barack Obama. Neither is Joe Biden. Neither is Hillary Clinton. None of these people are possessed by demons. Because guess what? If they were possessed by demons, then it's not their fault. They are not culpable for anything. It's the demons inside of them doing these terrible things and just possessing them. You got to think that one through. And so, therefore, we can't even put blame on them because they haven't done anything wrong, demons inside of them are doing these things. Hmm. But the reason why people believe this is because nobody wants to accept the fact that we as fallen humans are capable of great wickedness. If they can do it, so can I. 
And we need to be we need to recognize that we're capable of this so that we we defend ourselves against it. We repent of what we know is there and we prevent that which could happen. And this is not my opinion. This is Jesus Christ himself said so. And that's where I get it from, because Jesus himself said uh, it, it was a question when they were asking about, hey, your disciples, you know, they didn't wash their hands. Therefore, they're unclean. And Jesus like, what are you talking about? They're unclean because they didn't wash their hands before they ate. He said, you want to know what makes somebody unclean? Not eating with unwashed hands, but it's the things that proceed from their heart. Those are the things that defile them and make them unclean. And he goes on to list a whole bunch of things. He says, the things that proceed out of a man's heart are evil thoughts, murders, blasphemies, uh, fornication, thefts, uh, lying, and false witnesses. All these things. He goes, these are the things that come out of a man's heart. Murders, wickedness. He said, that's what perversion. That comes out of man's heart. He didn't say it comes from the devil. He said it didn't say it comes from hell. He didn't say it comes from demons. He said it comes out of man's heart. And these are the things that defile a man. So what Justin Trudeau is do doing and the wickedness that he is a part of, what the child trafficking ring in Idaho and all 50 states and all around the world, demons are not doing this. People are doing it. And if people are doing it, people are responsible. And if people are doing it, then other humans like you and I have to rise up against it, period. And if we don't recognize that we stand back and go, there's nothing we could do, this is fate because spirits are doing this and we can't fight in the spiritual realm. All we can do is pray and we'll just pray that God fixes it. And I prayed that God would fix it and God didn't do it. So, oh, well, that is not the battle that God called for us to fight. He called for us to be salt and light. It means it is our job to shine the light and expose the darkness and to be salt, meaning we preserve that which is true and which is holy and which is right. And we do that in our lives. We do that in our bodies. We do that in the real world. We don't do that just with thoughts and prayers. Yes, pray, but there is a battle here. Yeah, there's a battle in the spiritual world, but our battle is right here in the real world. And so if we don't recognize there's wickedness in other people, then we're never going to stand up to fight against it. And people need to recognize demons are not fighting against you. It's wickedness in people. That's what the enemy it really is. Wow, it's such a powerful uh, message. And uh, Diego, just so you know, man, you've got a great voice. You should do radio or something. You should have you. I don't know if you got to you do your own podcast or something, man. Like you should. You've got such a strong voice, very eloquent. We were planning on on having one. I write on our on the Freedom Man blog under the pseudonym Gunner Steel. So uh, we were gonna have a podcast. Awesome. Gunner Steel. And then, uh, yeah, welcome to the podcast with Gunner Steel. Here we talk about how Justin Trudeau really is a 350 pound black woman, but you just don't know. <laughs> my buddy Hammond, you know, we, oh my God. we like to have fun. We actually are going to launch a podcast here in a couple of months called The Audio Adventures of the Hick and the Spick. So, uh, you can. Oh, that's hilarious. Because I'm a, I'm a brown dude, I'm a Mexican guy, and he's, a, he's an oaky country boy. And so we are, we're just taking it and running with it. But um, uh, we, again, we appreciate you, this opportunity, brother. Anytime that uh, uh, we can be of assistance to you, uh, let me know. We'll, we'll be here and, and hopefully vice versa. There's going to be a lot more to talk Absolutely. about over the course of the next several months. I will tell you one thing that happened in this lawsuit. Sure. They made mention of all these things regarding COVID and the pandemic and other things that they now that they didn't have to list in here, but now we're gonna get discovery for all these things. Like he's saying, because I made a claim that they profited off the pandemic, and he's saying that that's a lie, that's a lie, and that's defamatory. Now they're going to have to prove in court that they didn't, 
And now we get discovery and subpoena power for everything to open up the books. So beyond child trafficking, all the corruption with vaccines, vaccine mandates, remdesivir, uh, Prof, you know, corporate profiting and the and the the pharma cartel and how they are in corruption with uh, with our hospital system and our medical system. We're going to have a, the first court case we know that's going to bring discovery to all that. And so, yeah, it's going to be probably dangerous and scary and all that, but it's going to be the an opportunity, an international opportunity to shine the light on some great wickedness that we've all suffered under for the last two plus years. I absolutely love it. And at, you can come on anytime. If you have updates or whatever, hit me up. I would love to have you anytime, Diego. Your story has really moved me. I can see it's moving people in the chat. You got nothing but love and support coming your way from Canada and all the great people listening all over the world to this show. I'm only going to ask everybody to do us a solid and please share this out as far and wide as you possibly can. And I also want to direct people over to your website, make sure they get the right address you can go and check it out at freedomman.org. Pretty uh, badass handle there. I love it. Freedomman.org. <laughs> and if you go over to the Baby Cyrus page, this is the where you're going to find all the articles, all that information, all the evidence of everything that went ha that happened. And thank God you documented it all. And uh, you can also, I guess people can also go there and get updates or, or where it, also on social media. You're on social media as well. Uh, so right there, scroll to the right. Underneath the donate button, there's a big button that says subscribe. And so if they, uh, yeah, right there, subscribe. If they subscribe, they'll go on our email list. If you don't like getting emails from us, then just unsubscribe. But uh, anything you want to know about Baby Cyrus, updates to the Baby Cyrus story, and all other updates are going to come through our subscription list. We're not on social media. Um, Baby Cyrus does have a Facebook page, but that's just taken care of by a friend um, who maintains that. So uh, I'm not on social media. Um, and nobody in our, our family is on there. Uh, Marissa had a page, uh, mm. but, um, but freedom man's not on there. Freedom man will probably is going to be up on either truth social. Maybe we'll be up on there. Or maybe if Elon finally kicks all the losers off of Twitter, maybe, <laughs> <laughs> maybe you get back on there. That's awesome. Well, let's hope. Well, that's it. We're winning the fight. I think with uh, public opinion, you're very smart to go for the public uh, when it comes to this because of the situation with the corruption. And I'm glad to see people are rallying to your cause. Uh, I guess the other question, last question people will have is how can we support you? Uh, is there a place on the site for donations or uh, other forms that, that they can support you in this cause? Um, they definitely can go make a donation on that page. There's a donate button right there. There's a give, send, go that a friend set up. And it's always humbling you know, to talk about that because without people having donated there, the family would have been financially devastated. It would have been impossible to keep this fight going for the last two months had it not been for people doing that. And, and now, of course, um, we're gonna probably going to have to get a new one started because we don't have the resources to fight St. Luke's. They basically have you know limitless pockets, and we're going to need we're going to need people to rally to their support to be able to fight the legal battle because God only knows how long that battle is going to take. And they've already well, committed. Uh, we know from the inside, because it leaked out from the inside, that their entire goal here is to shut our mouths and to totally bankrupt me and my friend Ammon. That's their goal. Well, not with uh, 100 million patriots at your back. So let's just rally behind this man and all of these great people. And uh, Diego, I just want to thank you so much for sharing this story. I'm sure it's hard to keep rehashing it, 
I'm hoping it's slightly therapeutic, you know, got to get it off your chest and it, it's got to feel good to get the message out and tell people the truth. So thank you so much for your courage, for your relentlessness in this battle. And you're a truth warrior, man. You keep it up and we've got your back. Appreciate it, brother. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Well, we'll have you back again. I'm just going to say goodbye to everybody and wrap with my sponsor, but thanks for coming on and uh, God bless you and your family, Diego. Take care, brother. Lord bless. You too. Cheers. Wow. An absolutely incredible story. Um, I'm sitting here with these just at a loss for words, just how, you know, it's, it's a confliction of emotions, as I was saying before, of just sheer anger, frustration, but also I see the hope in all of you watching this show right now, all of you that are awake, that are, that care about this, that want to help spread this information out there, that want to see truth come to light and to see justice done uh, for these grave crimes. We are what's going to save the day and we can't lose hope. We can't fight with each other. Uh, we can't um, attack each other during this time. We have to keep the eye on the prize, which is to expose this corruption, get people united under the banner of freedom, truth, and justice. That's the goal. And that's all my goal is. And I can see Diego's goal is the same. And um, just a great guy. Wow. What an amazing, amazing show. Well, guys, I've got, that's three parts that I've done on this topic of uh, medical kidnapping and, and medical corruption. Well, I've done many more on it, but this is a little three part that I did for you. I'm going to post all three interviews that I've just completed on this topic, including this one over on my Telegram page. I'll put it up on my Gab as well. And I do have a new Twitter page. I decided to jump back in because I actually missed some of the awesome accounts that I used to follow on there and um, getting some of the news and the updates and whatnot. So uh, you can find me there. I'm at Truth Warrior Dad, Truth Warrior Dad on, t on Twitter. So I'll go and post uh, those links over there. I'll also post um, Diego's website so you can check out more. I highly recommend going in and reading up and watching the videos and, and getting acquainted with the facts of the case because I have a feeling this is going to blow up and it could be a landmark case that we need and uh, as I'm saying that, there's so many cases that, that could be this. So if we can get one door open and get mass exposure to the public and maybe even see some justice done, even in one of these cases, that could open up and set a precedent for other cases that I know are waiting in the queue. And hopefully we can, uh, well, I know in the end, the truth is going to win out. I just want to thank you all for tuning in. Thanks for supporting my work. You can check out my website at dwtruthwarrior.com. I'm going to leave you with a quick little clip about my amazing sponsor. And uh, I just want to thank you all. And we'll catch you next time here on Truth Warrior. All the best. Cheers, everybody. So we often talk about the need to create a parallel economy and get away from giving all of our money to a lot of these big multinational corporations. There are a lot of people out there who still give their money to Walmart, Target, Costco, etc. You know, all those companies that made it away with all your money during the pandemic and didn't have to close down while all the small businesses got totally crushed. Well, sad thing is we give these big corporations our money from cradle to grave. So what if a bunch of us little guys banded together and we all stopped giving these big guys our money? I've actually found a family-owned manufacturer that manufactures 100% of their products in-house in America and Canada and competes with these big box monopolies. This is a family-owned manufacturer that has intentionally built its business model outside of the system that these globalists have created with big box stores, national distribution controls, mainstream media, etc. So what if a bunch of us redirected our existing spending away 
from these big box corporations over to a family-owned alternative that does it right, makes their own products right from scratch. Think about it. Wouldn't you love to no longer have to rely on these big woke corporations? Now you can make that independence a reality and transfer your hard-earned dollars away from companies that despise our values and give them instead to family-owned, patriot-owned companies that believe in and support freedom. Thanks to patriotswitch.com forward slash truthwarrior. That's patriotswitch.com forward slash truthwarrior.